welcome to the Daedric Podcast with your hosts Lyriander and the Foolish Human Tom. Hi. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Daedric Podcast uh, on the 33rd episode. Yes. The numbers are confusing. Yes, indeed. So, uh, as promised, uh, like last time we talked, that we said we were going to talk about Akavir, so we are going to talk about Akavir. Finally. Finally, your favorite Finally. subject. I was like, okay, we're going to do the uh, tribunal and stuff. It's going to be one episode. It was two episodes and a half. <laughs> exactly. So, t- finally time for Akavir. And uh, what better way to start than to continue where we left off last episode, where we quickly... Finishing of the fucking yeah. tribunal. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So, uh, the last thing we mentioned was the uh, Almalexia Underking connection. Um, yep. So, what I found on that, of course you all have some input on that, uh, is that uh, during the second Akaviri invasion, which started in... They actually, like, the first Akaviri invasion went directly through Morrowind, but then the second one, they skipped past Morrowind and went to uh, Windhelm. And yep, then, they started in Skyrim. It was the Kamal, yeah. right? Yes, the Kamal, the Amal- like a different group, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, they uh, went from Wilhelm, uh, from the sea... And then scoured to uh, to Morrowind, and then they met with uh, the Ashlanders, and Am- Amalexia resurrected Ulfhart. Okay, yeah, see, that's the thing. That's just one theory because a lot of the books that we find, like the Second Akaviri Invasion, that book, and the book uh, Yorun the Skald King, it is actually. Well, Yorun, <laughs> who. Yorun, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, who. Went to the Greybeards and uh, to ask for help, and then they basically taught him a shout, uh, which allowed him to summon the spirit of Wolfharth to uh, aid them in battle. And there's a different theory, I think, that Wolfharth is the same thing as the Underking. Uh, I mean, that, that, yeah, I think we actually talked about that theory. Yes. Well, like, so, to under, with Underking, like in general, that he may be Wolfharth or Zurin Arctus. Yes, exactly. So that's probably where this theory comes from. And because uh, the fun thing is, like, if you look at how that war went, it's like they war- started in Windhelm and then they went south and towards Riften, and then the Akaviri uh, went, nope, we're going to Stone Falls and Morrowind. And so they had to fight Amalexia, and then the Norse were like, fuck you, we're going to come attack you from behind. But then somehow they had like a perfect balance in uh, the fighting, and like no side was winning. And then the Argonians joined in and fucked them up real good. And that's the beginning of the Ebonheart Pact. Pact, yeah. Yes. The, the thing with uh, the Kamal and why they actually attacked, I think we uh, talked about this too, uh, and why they actually went for Morrowind, is that they may somehow knew that there was Heart of Lorcan there. The, the Heart of Lorcan was True. in the Red Mountain. And maybe that was their motivation. Like, I, I can't think of any other reason why they would like well, unload in yeah, Skyrim the thing is, and then um, move to... There's there. in in the book uh, the second Akaviri invasion. Uh, they mentioned that like uh, they captured some of the Kamal and asked what their purpose is. And the only thing they seemed to uh, have gotten out of them was that they the the king of the Kamal was looking for the ordinated receptacle, which is oh another, yeah that that thing yeah that is another theory 
uh, on the list. And some theorize that the ordinated receptacle is actually the Eye of Man. Oh, which was that's why they unloaded in Skyrim. Uh, Winterhold. In uh, Sarfal, right? Yes, exactly. Closer. It's, I mean, they went to Windhelm, which is a bit further away, but mm-hmm. it's still nearby. And then when they couldn't find it, they just went south, I guess, to like, oh, well, screw that plan, let's go uh, <laughs> one, come back to Morrowind. It's uh, like, exactly, one yeah. piece of divinity, we can fight it. I see another piece of divinity, let's try that. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> or they wanted to avoid Vivik's wrath and then find yeah. Alexia's wrath. <laughs> Who knows? And so, so what's the actual uh, connection with uh, her and Wolfhard. She just resurrected him. There's no like deeper meaning. Yes, that well, there's a theory that that, that they she resurrected because like like I said, like there's sources that say it was actually Yorun who did it, not Amalexia, and then others say well, no, Amalexia did it. In the second era, five seven two, Amalexia fought alongside Wolfhard, also known as the Underking. The Arcturian uh, Heresy claims that Amalexia was the one who summoned Underking. Arcturian Heresy the is the Altmer version of how Tiber Septim came to be. Yes, and then yeah, it, it, they basically also state that Yorin the Skull King, that book, uh, does contradict that. So it's it's you know. It's, the, the, the interesting thing is that the Underking, or Wolfhard, was, the, was one of the enemies of, of the tribunal during the War um, of the First uh, Yeah, uh, That's the Norse actually strange. invaded the Red Mountain, and Wolfhard was the leader. And exactly. That's why I call, call him the Ash King, actually, because he was, so many, he was defeated yes. so many times. He just <laughs> crumbled, to, crumbled to dust. Oh, okay, he just came... Yeah. The thing is, this second Akaviri invasion is the first time since uh, the War of the First Council that the Nords entered uh, Morrowind. Oh. Supposedly. Or like since that they were driven out, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was then, yeah. So, there's that connection. And then we can start talking about Akavir. Yay. So, uh, one of... Let's... let's, Uh, I'm gonna... Go ahead. I'm I'm not gonna do the trope that I was... uh... (laughs) Alerted to that I do that I explain a very basic thing <laughs> in great detail. Yes, uh, we don't need to have the backstory every single so time. So I'm not gonna say what Akavir is. We're just go- we're just gonna go to theories. I'm just gonna have to bite my <laughs> bite my tongue and uh, let's do these. Mm. So uh, wanna start with Versudia Shai killed Ramon the Third. Sure, that's uh, very much top level uh, stuff. Yeah, because it's fucking basic. Raymond III was the last of the Raymond dynasty. He was killed by a Moraktong assassin. Yes. And after his death, Versidio Shae, as his uh, ro- not not royal, as his trusted advisor, uh, became the leader mm-hmm. of the empire. And the theory is just very simple. Versidu actually ordered the assassination so he could uh, come into power. Yes, and it is in the books, the the historical fiction of 2920, uh, that series. The thing is, it's a historical fiction. So It's it's fiction, exactly. So it's not 100% sure, but that that book basically states that uh, it was uh, Versidu Shea that... uh, ordered the assassination but there's no you know we don't know for sure if it's true and it's it's historical fiction and the whole book is written like a play mm-hmm, exactly so so it, it's, it's it's really weird and it, it has dialogues and stuff and 
it talks about great details about the uh, relationship of the uh, Sayesi when Raymond was still in power and with his court mm-hmm. and stuff like that yes. and what they did. But a theory that ties into this is Raymond Empire front for Akaviri takeover. Yes. So when the first Akavir invasion, which was actually the Sayesi, not uh, not the Kamau, when they went fr- they went through Skyrim into Cyrodiil, mm-hmm. and they got stuck in the Pale Pass, mm-hmm. and there uh, Reman the first ran into them, and they were like, "Oh, the Dragonborn," and they surrendered, or not like. But yeah, basically surrendered, and they were like, "Oh, we were we were looking for you. You are the prophesized ruler, and blah blah blah." And they basically made him the emperor, and they uh, made him expand the empire so much. And this theory talks about the the, the uh, Sayesi used Reman. They didn't actually like care about him. They that he wasn't their uh, prophesized leader. They just saw the opportunity mm-hmm. yeah. and used him to make the empire a thing and get themselves trusted. Or how how would how would uh, how, how yeah. would you say this? Like it's it's they uh, they wanted to ensure their own survival and their own influence, yeah exactly in their own influence in Tamriel and by doing this they wanted to embed themselves into yes. into the government yeah basically, basically yeah into the royalty and stuff like yes. that and after. Uh, Roman's demise, which was obviously like planned by the CIC in this theory, they just took it over. They formed the potentate, and Vesuvius lived happily ever after for a thousand years or whatever. Yeah, he lived for a very long time, and that's also why there's a theory for <laughs> still lives. They're they're tying so nicely together. Yes. So yeah, there's a theory that he's uh, still alive. The thing is, well, he was supposedly assassinated, but you know, there's well, it's a very simple theory. It's like just you know, he didn't, he wasn't assassinated. He survived, and because he's like seemingly immortal in terms of age, you know, it's it's possible. They are described in the mysterious Akavir mm-hmm. as golden-scaled immortal serpents. Yes, which uh, I think is a nice segue into the other and vampire and vampires. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a nice tie-in to the other uh, theory that Sayesi Gwauld. Yeah, let's do that one. Yes. That, that, that's actually a good one. So, uh, Sayesi and their actual like physiology has been up to debate since they were introduced in the lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only books that talk about their appearance or at like their physical aspects are the mysterious Akabir. And the historical fiction book series, uh, 2920. Mm-hmm. In the 2920, they are described as half serpent uh, men with their lower body being that of a snake. Mm-hmm. And as I said, in the Mysterious Akavir, they, they said they're golden, sca- golden uh, scaled, immortal and vampire-ish. But the thing is that when you actually meet the Sayesi or what are supposed to be the Sayesi, who knows if they're actually a Sayesi, they may have may have been actually just enslaved men. Because in Oblivion, you fight uh, fight their ghosts mm-hmm. in the Pale Pass. Yes. And they're just normal imperial male model. Yes, indeed. They, they, that may have been just a gameplay thing. Yes, it's possible. But then they appeared in uh, Elder Scrolls Online again, looking like humans. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but there, there was no, that was actually that wasn't a sayesi. There was a seishi or sayesi. I'm just gonna say sayesi yeah. because like the pronunciation that they want to use, which is sheshi. Yeah, like a snake. Yeah, exactly. Because it, the, the, there are serpents, there are snakes, and there, there would be like uh, natural to them to just say seishi. And I'm just gonna say sayesi. That that's supposed to be a descendant of the seishi. Mm-hmm. But in other works and actually in online you find their artifacts and you you find their masks and the masks look like a snake head yeah so what's the thing here some uh, lore describes them as normal men and some describe them as talking snakes like literal talking snakes sentient snakes so this theory uh, talks about if you are familiar with the series stargate uh you've seen it i've seen it yes I've seen a large part yeah, of it, yeah. Me too. Uh, it was a big part of my childhood. So uh, when I actually saw this theory, which talks about Goals, the symbiotic creatures that rule over the galaxy, it was an absolute revelation because it all it ties everything together. Mm-hmm. Goals are, as I said, they are parasites. Uh, they are these serpentine things that cannot live on their own. And they bury into the host's like stomach cavity. They latch onto their um, spine and they sap their life force, like blood and the heat and stuff like that. And they, in return, they give the host uh, supernatural powers, like supernatural strength, longevity, healing, and the ability to use gold technology. But another thing they do is completely take over the host's body and the... Yes. Uh, mind or the consciousness of the host is suppressed just the idea of these serpentine parasites that live in the host's body and take control over it that's exactly tying into their description they are actually snake like or serpent like parasites immortal vampire because they are leeching of the life force of the host they are described as human because that's the host that they, they inhabit. Mm-hmm. They use him. That's why they live so long. Because they they may change the host or just make him live forever. Uh, that's up to debate. But there are so many aspects, aspects of this theory that just make sense. It, it definitely sounds like it could work. That's very true. So yeah, but like On, we don't know for sure also, until... Also, uh, like the history of the Seisi, their life goal is to enslave dragons. That's the, their whole thing. Yes. Why would they do that? Because those are true immortals. Exactly. They are true immortals and they are the perfect host. If a Seisi somehow to control over, over dragons... It would be the end. That's like getting your hands on fucking nukes. <laughs> yeah, basically time uh, time nukes. <laughs> so, and, and, and the Sayesi were able to enslave the red dragons, but the black dragons of Akavir fled to another race, Kapotun, the tiger people, yes. uh, who actually, uh, their leader, Toshraka, who is another entry on the list, mm-hmm. uh, is said to be uh, a real-life dragon who can turn from mm-hmm. his tiger form to his um, dragon form. And the dragon is said to be mountain-sized, which is... A f- the largest dragon fuck, in the world. Yeah, <laughs> which is a big stretch from the, I would say, like, elephant-sized dragons in Skyrim. Yeah, even Alduin is not very impressive. Uh, exactly. And he's, and he's supposed to be the world the, the, leader, they're, they're, you know? they're big like a bus. 
at, at, at most. Yeah, I mean, like the wingspan makes them quite big. Yeah, the wingspan, but, but like the just, actual torso. When it's just crawling just, on the ground. Then... Yeah, it's not that big when you like no, when exactly. you say when you say dragon. Yeah, most people like imagine uh, the other fantasy works like. Think of Smau. Yeah, Smau yeah. exactly. Well, the, the tooth is as big as a person. Yeah. And stuff like that. And more on the, the, the dragon hunting thing. Uh, that's why they actually invaded Tamriel, because they were hunting dragons. And then, when they stumbled upon Reman, who is dragonborn, he was the perfect host, better than a dragon, because uh, he could consume dragons, take their power, and they could actually merge with him. It's easier to take over a uh, a human, yeah, a yeah. human, a human than it is the, uh, to take over a dragon. In uh, the works where the Saisi I mentioned, they never say take over or like the host thing. They always say eat. Yep. They eat, use eat. the word eat, but to me, it just sounds like that they mean like assimilate because like they ate all the men of Akavir. Yeah, exactly. So it definitely ties into this theory that they are like the Gwaud, that's for sure. Um, one thing <laughs> that uh, we're kind of like dancing around that I do want to kind of mention in between is the uh, the Raymond Saisi gangbang theory, which <laughs> you know it's it's it's, it's, it's very at the dramatic. bottom. Yeah. It's at the bottom. We have yes. to uh, we have to mention that it's it's uh, next to the fucking moon camwalls. Yeah, exactly. And so stuff it's, like that. So. It's um, it's actually not too complicated where the theory comes from. It's of course it's an interview with Michael Kirkblade, a Ask Me Anything, and there was one person. I could just read the whole thing. It's quite simple. It's, I looked in a book called The Children of the Sky, where there is something about Akaviri having something akin to dragon shells called Kiai. Can you elaborate this? Uh, MK's uh, answer is uh, the Tsaisi creation myth is probably the last thing I'll ever write about them. Until I finish the Shoni Eta and Raymond gangbangs all the all their forces at the Pill Pass. That's the only thing you need to find. So it's really just MK using the word gangbang. What really happened is that they did actually fight Raymond and then they surrendered pretty quickly. So the mm -hmm. implication here is that Raymond, well, they just mean gangbang as, you know, he beat them in combat. But yeah, <laughs> the idea that he just fucks all of them in the pill pass instead. I don't I don't <laughs> think so, but like, uh, yeah, you know, it's MK. What can you expect? Michael Kerbride's lore uh, is sometimes yeah, It's wild. also hard to see where he's kidding and where he's being serious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like on one hand there's these gangbangs and then he he talks about a penis sword and he's actually like serious. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but right back at the uh, Saiyasi eating things, which is why they have the idea of being vampiric as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's a ni nice tie-in to the Saiyasi vampiric language eating shapeshifters theory. Which is a mouthful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's actually two theories in one. Mm -hmm. I have the shapeshifting. Uh, it's from interview with the Elder Scrolls Online developers. And uh, one of the writers, was, whose name is, I think, Lawrence, they were talking about the Sayesi in the Elder Scrolls Online. And they talked about how in online you can defeat or you can find 
say yes the armor and wear it and mm-hmm. uh, so uh, they say that oh the Sayasi even though they were sometimes compared to snakes or nagas from other works they must have been human sized because or human shaped because you can actually wear the armor if you're not Khajiit or Argonian mm-hmm. and then Lauren says but on the other hand you know maybe they were shapeshifters Maybe so, and that's the only mention I could have fi- I could I could find on the Sayasi being shape shifting with them the, ma- the the ceremonial masks being absolutely like snake shaped and then the armor being like human shaped. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the mask is not like tiny. No, no, no. So it's not it's it's not going well for the Goal theory. It's a human sized mask. So who fucking knows? Yeah. Like, the way it's qu- quoted by uh, MK, anyway, is... It was already in my mind at that point that these guys were immortal vampire snake men that fed on the language. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, there's not much... It's actually, it, it's a part of a discussion about how they... Are you supposed to say their name? <laughs> it's actually, like, originally, how do you pronounce it? And then uh, the interviewers apparently said, Say S C, Say And he likes that more than what he originally had. So say say yesi. The original thing is like zeishi, and like he didn't like that, and then say yesi. Say So it's not the say. Well, that's what MK likes. He likes that sound more anyway. The pronunciation of some things in Elder Scrolls is just written in the books, and it's never there's never a dialogue about it. It's hard. Yeah. I don't think is that is there is there a dialogue that says Chimer or Chimer or that thing? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. We, we might encounter it at some point. I'm more interested in the fact that in that same fragment, MK actually talks about the pig, about a pig. Oh, are you kidding me? Which is a theory which we couldn't find much about. So it's perfect, actually. Exactly because like how do how the fuck do you want to research such, such a simple topic like a, yeah, a pig? Um... Yeah, they talk about the the name for things, and then there's this one guy. He doesn't even have a name, but all of a sudden he's got like a he's got a fucking name, and it's French. He just fucking ate language and decided, I'm a French motherfucker out of out of like Mallory. You wanted me to become a knight, and here I am, and I'm I'm a look awesome. I'm saying it right here in the text. He's got vampire blood, but he's but there's like absolutely nothing about a pig in the fragment. And then I figured. Well, it actually says French. Well, yeah, but let's see what what he's exactly talking about. He he keeps saying like the pig is never going to talk, but I'm not sure who who the pig is here. <laughs> a pig is a slang for a cop. Yes, it's also a slang for uh, orcs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, which makes the joke, uh, you know, because orcs are technically elves, which is myrrh, and therefore the nickname hammer. They're hammers. Ham myrrh. Pig elf <laughs> hammers. Uh. <laughs> hammers. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, here's another theory. Tsiasins, uh, which is uh that's this one is all over the place. Tsiasins yes. is apparently uh, a Sassy word from the interview, I think, book We Ate It to Become It and the book is uh, the Sayasi creation myth. And at the very end, it says, like, and the final word was science, what we ate to become it. And that's why uh, that sounds similar, similar to Vivek, which makes perfect sense, because Michael Kirkplate actually says that it is the science word uh, for high perception, which is basically similar to Chim. 
I also love how it's called We Ate It to Become It, and it's like a creation theory uh, thing, which mm-hmm. sounds very similar to the Yokodan theory of the creation myth, which is also a snake eating itself. So, you know, <laughs> it's all related. <laughs> and then also related to that uh, origin myth is the the right-reaching theory, which seems to be an urge to create. It's basically a creative impulse, the right-reaching, as an urge to create. It can be applied to a lot of things, like the urge to procreate or artist endeavor sort of thing. And maybe it's also an urge to become a god and create a new universe, you know. To uh, become a godhead. Who knows? Yeah. Like, the thing is, the Cersei are really like talked about, and the fa- the, the only thing that we have is the few yeah, books. Exactly. The historical investigation, the Battle of Ionith. The disaster at Ionith. Disaster. Yeah. I was actually reading yeah. up uh, on that because it's actually sizable. Yeah, it, it's a sizable book, definitely. One of the theories is Uriel the Fifth. It's like no explanation is further given, but it's what I can give you on why it might be a theory is that he was a military genius. He was very successful, only being bested by a Tiber Septum. And in the early years, he was influenced by the Sigic Order, which might have led to his success in the, in the beginning. But then at some point he lost that influence and then he went to Akavir, which he seemed to have planned for a lot. And that's where the disaster happened where they were initially very successful, but then they didn't anticipate while there's climate there and the magics of the CIC. So it's hard to see where the theory is, but like what I could guess based on uh, the books that we have is that I don't actually think they ever found a corpse. Well, they have some men that confirm that they have seen the Emperor die, cut down by enemy arrows as he rallied the 10th shield wall. But, I mean, if we want to go back to the Gua'ud theory, it could be that Uriel V will show up <laughs> in, the to- in the future, <laughs> being taken over. And actually, like, reading that, the whole report, it makes me feel like if they wanted to have a have a thing, like, wanted to have a game take place in the past, they could very well just put you on the shores of Akavir as being part of that regiment. Because... In the beginning, there's some, I guess. because in the beginning there's some documented things, but at some point the communication was lost with them. So there's a lot of freedom. And if you're saying that we don't know exact all the things that happened there, so it, you could very well just have like you know a game take place there, and you being a character and just you know go into the world of Agatha. That's the that's the question. Like, will they ever make a game that takes place in Akavir? Because the content is there. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, there's a shit ton of content and Tamriel at this point is to run down I would say I mean like uh, yeah unless they do one of the big things that we've talked about before but yeah exactly unless they absolutely do another apocalyptic event yeah which by this time is getting kind of stale yeah so it shouldn't be an apocalyptic uh, event if anything it should be the return of something so yeah, like the return of the Dwemer, yeah. the return of the the divines. Yeah, something like just that. Something. Yeah, exactly. Because if it's an if it's another, oh, here's a Daedric prince. Yeah. He wants to fuck you up or eat the world, yeah. conquer the world. It's it's been done too many times, yeah, yeah, yeah. and on top of that, there's also like we've already gone through a lot of theory, like uh, sorry, uh, legends in lore about how the world's going to end. So like I think. The last Dragonborn thing, or, you know, Alduin returning, was 
already content in earlier games. Mm-hmm. Oblivion Gates was kind of teased in Morrowind, I guess, but that's just the next game. I feel like they can't have an end of the world kind of thing. It's already been delayed because Elderwind is kicked out, so you can't have immediately another one. So we'll we'll see where they go with it. Like I would actually like if it was in the past, like really, really in the past, where everything was crazy during the thousand year and dragon break, for instance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there were so many like walking divines mm-hmm. or like divine entities that uh, just had divine power, like Billy Pelinal or yeah, exactly. Uh, during during reign of Talos or anything. Yes, true. I mean, yeah. I'm also thinking about, in preparation for this thing, I looked. I also started reading The Mysterious Akavir, which is a nice book, and I noticed actually something where Akavir is the kingdom of the beasts. No man or myrrh live in Akavir, through, though men once did. These men, however, were eaten long ago by the vampiric serpent folk of Tsaisi. Uh, had they not been eaten, these men would have eventually migrated to Tamriel. The Nords left Admora for Tamriel. Before then, the Elves had abandoned Altmeris for Tamriel. The Red Guards destroyed Yokoda so they can't, could make their journey. All men and Myrrh know Tamriel is the nexus of creation, where the last war will happen, where the gods unmade Lorcan and left their adamant tower of secrets. Who knows what the Akaviri think of Tamriel, but ask yourself, why have they tried to invade it three times or more? So the thing that I wanted to uh, notice in that is that they mentioned the last war, which is another theory mm-hmm. on the list, which seems to be a theoretical penultimate war between the elves and men that's going to basically start the return to into the Dawn Era. You remember how in the Dawn Era everything was chaotic, and then we talked about the theory of the parable. So, like, uh, very high, which was oh, yeah, the like, Dawn Era. Uh, and, high fantasy, yeah. low fantasy, and, and then technology yes, comes. Yes, exactly. It's high fantasy again. Or sci-fi, not fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the theory is that the last war is going to be the beginning of the return to, you know, high uh, technology and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a war on, you know, uh, of Tamriel, which apparently is the nexus of creation. Another thing that we uh, mm-hmm. probably should eventually like talk about is with uh, the hint in the Starfield trailer, uh, we always thought that when we're gonna get Elder Scrolls 6, it's just gonna be another region. Like we had mm-hmm. Obli- we had Cyrodiil, we had Skyrim, mm-hmm. uh, we had Morrowind, which I wasn't technically the full Morrowind, yeah. it was just the Vardenfell. Uh, but we just expected now, oh, we're gonna get the entirety of Black Marsh, we're gonna get the entirety of Hammerfell or High Rock. Mm-hmm. We might not get that. We might actually get another, like, midsection. Yeah. Like, uh, the uh, the exa- exactly the same map where Daggerfall took place. Yes. That was actually hinted. Which was, yeah. And uh, another theory that was really popular uh, was that we're gonna get elsewhere and Valenwood. Oh yes, that would have that would be awesome to be honest. Because then we get to really go into the opposite direction of Skyrim, which was very uh, cold and whatnot. Then we go to the deserts of elsewhere and the jungle. Exactly. Uh, deserts and jungle and not not swamp, jungle. jungle. And uh, with 
how really popular are post-apocalyptic games uh, in the last 10 years. Dunes and jungle and like uh, interesting traversing, it's gonna be the main thing, I think. Like if they play on the different mounts, which mounts in Elder Scrolls games were always stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's not, not jump around the, the fire. It was they never were like, okay, let's make interesting mods. No, no, exactly. Actually, I was just thinking like you could definitely do it. There's, I'm, I don't think there's any lore on this, but you could definitely have something like a sand surfer for the dunes, like where you just like yeah. basically uh, on a sort of shield or something, and you just hold it like a kite and just get pulled forward. That would definitely speed up travel in the desert. It would be well, nice. It's not that difficult technology or like some sandworms. You get put uh, a saddle on a sandworm and he would like... There, there are uh, there are worms in Black Marsh mm. that you actually enter the worm. Oh, yeah. It has like a pocket on its side and then it burrows to your designated location and they use it like public transport. Lovely. I do believe that there was something in the trees uh, of uh, Vardenfell as well that allowed for easier travel. It's definitely just the whole cities are in the moving trees. That's already like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah exactly. It's like who whole um, moving trees, it's the walking trees. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> Can you imagine how Please. annoying that's going to be for like the engine to keep up? <laughs> I I get it, but like interesting world is the biggest yeah. thing. And that would definitely make it interesting. Where you like your map, you look at the map, and like it says one thing, and then you go there, and you're like, well, it's no longer there. Your city, it's like yeah, you have to like actually, uh, if you want to go to a city, you have to keep up with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like running. I don't think the trees are that actually, fast, but <laughs> I've been playing a game called Rage Two mm-hmm. uh, for the last uh, few days, and in that, the vehicles are really varied, and the cities are far apart, and you can only fast travel between the cities. Hmm, okay, and then... Please, <laughs> please make this a thing. Yeah. Varied mounts and limited fast travel. It's it, it, Here's the thing. Making it limited fast travel forces you to go around, which can, you know, lead to more roleplay and whatnot. But at the same time, it definitely wouldn't be attractive to casual players who just want to do things and quick. that's why you should have the varied mounts you should have a flying mount you should have a, a swimming mount uh, maybe like diving even but they want uh you know they want the instant fast travel they don't want to actually walk to places and to be honest in skyrim once you've like seen basically half of the places it kind of gets annoying having to walk to places but that's also because exactly because it, it's a bit because it's empty. Yeah, it's empty. It's a bit stiff. The the walking and mounts. Even if you're using I, a because controller. it's full of trees and it's hard to traverse. There's a shit ton of mountains. But if you have a desert, <laughs> which is exactly nothing. <laughs> exactly. Then you can play with the mounts. You have interesting. You can like, you can have fucking uh, sand shark as a mount. <laughs> cool. And mounted combat. Mounted combat could be so interesting and fun yes. if they do it right. Yes, like they have with the newest uh, Elden Ring. In Elden Ring, well, Elden Ring, uh, it seems like a just upgraded version of what they did in Skyrim so far. The Elden Ring, <laughs> they they reused so much assets. Well, yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> but. 
let's go back to the theories, which we've gone through uh, most of the ones, I think. There's also we uh, also time. Yes, we're there at the end. Um, I can quickly <laughs> mention that uh, there's a theory Jaegar Tharn is Saesi, and the closest thing to that uh, theory is that there are several lines in the arena game. Uh, which imply that he might have been a vampire, and the Saiyasi are thought yeah. to be vampires, so there's that link. And then yeah. um, there's also the theory that Surin Arctus is uh, Versidue uh, Shae, uh, which I think it has more to do with the fact that um, let's see, uh, Versidue Shae is just like very vague on who he was, and if, if it could tie into the Saiyasi Gualut <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to say that, like, uh, if the gold thing or the parasite thing actually came to, uh, comes out to be true, then could have been there's going to be a shit ton, of, <laughs> shit ton of reveals like, oh, this was actually a Saiyasi controlling him and, oh, Tiber Septim was actually a Saiyasi in body of healthy Illibute. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah. We don't know, but those are all the theories. That's why they're called theories. Yes. Those are all the theories relating to Akavir. Most theories related to Akavir and the Saisi and such. So, yeah. that's that. Um, the... Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And let's see, next episode is still a normal episode, and after that we have our beginner's uh, guide. So. Oh my, yes. what are we going to do for the beginner's one? We don't know yet, but we should probably uh, come <laughs> up with something. Come up with something? Yes. Also because that episode is going to be the last episode, 35 is going to be the last episode of season 2. After that we are changing the format yet again and it's going to be a big change. I hope you're looking forward to it everyone. A big change. Speaking of what what theme are we going to go next? Good question. We talked about the Akaviri. I mean, I have a long list of things uh, related to the uh, Thalmor. That we could talk about. We briefly mentioned them in the last episode, so we could actually do that. Yeah, let's, let's uh, do farmer and Altpress. Yes. All right. Well, everyone, look forward to that. And until then, bye bye. Bye.